Tuscaloosa. Our website is riverchurchalabama.org. We'd invite you to go there. We're putting it together, and it's going to be marvelous. And if you would, this morning, turn with me in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, that's, that's a book we don't go to often. I don't know why exactly, but it doesn't come up. But I've been, I've been reading Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Lord just, this has nothing to do with the message per se. But I want to talk to you about uh, this morning about you and me and what are we doing? Because like I just said, we invest a lot in our services. We clear our calendar for Sunday. We clear our calendar for Wednesday. Increasingly, the world doesn't clear their calendar for anything except something that comes up. But we do. We've made it a priority because we've said Jesus is Lord. There's a follow-through when you say that. It's really cool to say that. I was telling Miss Deborah a while ago that that word follow in the New Testament, we sang a song that said, I will follow you. That word follow in the New Testament is actually the word imitate. It's a lot stronger than to say I'll follow. Because you can follow and not change anything and, yes. and uh, not, not uh, uh, pattern yourself. But to imitate, I will imitate him, is very powerful. It demands so much more. But this scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 really caught me yesterday. And so I want to read verse 10. It says in verse 10, and it's in the, it's in the discourse there, verse 10. Is he said, Paul said, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face. Imagine that, praying night and day. Praying night and day exceedingly. So not just like, well, God bless them, help them. What, what is the great endeavor to pray night and day exceedingly that we might see your face? There's a passion here, isn't there? And might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So we're waking up, church, to what God's really got a purpose in. It's not like he just wants to bring something big in your life, although he does. It's not that he just wants to bring a miracle to your heart that you would see the dream that he had put there come to pass. It's that he has a process. And uh, the process is to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. When the Lord 25 years ago uh, told us to rise up and uh, give our church to somebody else and come to Alabama. Uh, we landed in a church in Birmingham. That's where he sent us. And after sitting there for several weeks and months, I realized this scripture was what he'd sent me there for, was to perfect that which was lacking in my faith. We all need things to be changed and perfected. The word uh, perfect there means, uh, I looked it up, it means to make what ought to be, to make what ought to be. So he's perfecting us. This morning, you'll have your faith in a greater perfection than yesterday. Something will change if you'll give attention to it, and we are. We're paying attention to the Word. We're enlarging our capacity, whereas a lot of people can't handle more than 15 or 20 minutes. Their attention span is uh, programmed to the world which is how commercials are aligned in our uh, uh, television or whatever we watch. Uh, everything's programmed to the attention span that men usually have, and it actually sets that attention span. But here at River Church, we, we, we plow hard 
because we've got a work to do. We've got to perfect that which is lacking in our faith. It, you don't have it all. Praise God for what we do have. It's better than it's ever been, and we know more than we've ever known. And we, uh, revelation is flowing, things that we're seeing and knowing that we didn't learn. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, the Lord Jesus told Peter. So um, Paul was praying exceedingly day and night that he might see their face so that he might perfect that which was lacking in their faith. We want to see his face. We want him to see our face and have something for us. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. I want to minister this morning. I'm changing gears. We've uh, been seven services on... Uh, on the, what, what have we been on? The law of exchange. Going the distance, yes. Praise God. Y'all knew... Y'all are, are paying attention. But I want to talk about healing this morning. And we're going to stay on healing for a little while, at least that I know. But I want to talk about the price that it takes to be healed. And that may seem contrary because we know salvation is free. But it takes everything you've got to receive salvation. Because salvation, or to be born again, means the lordship of Jesus has to step in. It's not just a... Uh, I'll take sprinkles on that ice cream cone. You know, just it's it's way more than that. It takes everything to make Jesus Lord, uh, and it, it seems like healing is free, and it is. He bore all of that, but there's a price to receive it and to maintain it. So, if you would turn with me now to John chapter three, John chapter three, uh, y'all wanna y'all wanna have the ministry of healing come this morning. I want to straighten up in my own heart, my own life, the things that are lacking. I want God to perfect that which is lacking in my faith. I, I want to walk on the water if that's what is in front of me. I want to cast out devils. I want to succeed. I want to win. I want everything to turn out amazing in my life. I want to be the head and not the tail. Everybody does. I want to have success in my family, success in my money, Success in my relationships. I want that. And you do too. Somebody might say it's not worth the price, but really, if we could get somebody to pay the price, that's what we want. Well, Jesus did pay the price. All we have to do, the price of receiving it. Receiving it. So, um, let me ask you a couple questions here. Uh, what is the legal age, I looked it up, the federal legal age to vote in the United States of America? How old do you have to be? 18. Why do we know that? Because it's the law. It's the law. You try to vote at 17, you might get by with it, but you have broken the law. It's the law. Uh, when, why do we buckle up when we get into our cars? Because it's the law. Why do we have to have, or somebody has to have, a license to practice medicine or to work in a pharmacy? Because... It's the law. So we're, we're accustomed to that. We're acquainted with it, and we're okay with it being the law. That there's base requirements, there's a, there's a floor there that everyone has to stand on in order to be able to go to the next level. It's the law. And uh, there's lots of other laws that are about things about sin. Used to be that you couldn't buy liquor on Sunday. And I suppose it chaps some hides 
of people that didn't get their Saturday night stash and wanted to go, but they had to wait till noon, at least till noon, because they were blue laws. That was the law, but the law changed, generally speaking, at least it did in Alabama. In John chapter 3, look in verse 5 with me, if you would. The Lord Jesus answered, so there's a question that comes up to verse 3, says, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And then down in verse 5, he said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what would you say this was? How do you get born again? Well, he says, I mean, excuse me, how do you, how do you get saved? How do you get into the kingdom of heaven? You have to be born again. Why? Because it's the law. It is the law, and lots of people try to get around that law. They try to get into heaven by works or by wannabes. I, I have good intentions, Lord. But he said, broad is the way to destruction, narrow is the way into life. He said, it's the law. Uh, in Luke chapter 6, let's look at several scriptures here. They're all over. Let's look in chapter 6, verse 38. The Lord is in a long discourse here, and he says something very powerful. He says, give, and it shall be given to you. How much will be given to you? Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Then he said this, he said, for what with the same measure that you meet, or that you give with all, it shall be measured to you again. How do we know that when we sow, we will reap? Because it's the law. Do you all agree that it's the law? And you could also say it can't and it won't be different than that. It won't be different than the law. The law of the Spirit is greater than any law. You can change the blue laws. You can change the, the, the seatbelt law. But you can't change this law. It's the law. If you give, it will be given to you. And at the measure that you measure with all, it shall be measured again unto you. It's the law. We choose to believe that law. Look with me, if you would, in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Look in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. How do we know that what we sow is what we'll reap? Because it's the law. It's unbreakable. It's unmutable. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to, to uh, get along with it. But it is the law, and it is actually working very hard. And let me read this one to you. It's in Titus. Chapter 1, verse 2, the word says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. The Bible says, the book of the law says, that God cannot lie. Why do we base our whole life on the fact, the truth, the veracity that God cannot lie? Because it's the law. Immutable, unchangeable. It's the law. 1 Peter 2.24, would you turn there with me? 1 Peter chapter 2. I believe you know where we're going here. 
It's the law. It's the law. Look what it says in verse 24. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, it says, Who his own self, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, on the cross. Why? That we, being dead to sins, are y'all dead to sins? Yes. We are. Should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. How do we know that we've already been healed? It's the law. It's the law. It's the law. It's not an opinion. It's not a preference. Even like uh, Deborah was reading uh, about that testimony that said, well, it's passed away. Times of miracles is gone. Uh, not according to the word. It's the law. And it will not be different than that. Absolutely. So I'm saying here, based on all these other things, and then coming to this about healing, that healing is a law. It's not something that God prefers or a convenience or based on works or based on who you are and what you've done. Healing is more than a blessing from God to man. Healing is more than mercy from heaven. Healing is the law. It makes a difference. It makes a difference in how much you give. If you believe that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It makes a difference when you believe, give, and it shall be given to you. The measure that you measure, it'll be measured unto you. It makes a difference if you believe that you must be born again. And just being good enough is not good enough. It's the law. Let's say that together. It's the law. So it's not arbitrary. It's not negotiable. It's not a choice. It's not something that happens or doesn't happen. The Bible said it's the law. And we've based our whole lives on believing that God cannot lie. And what he said is already true. If you would turn with me to Mark chapter 9. I know we're looking at several scriptures here, but we're making a point. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark chapter 9. So the question always comes up in these things, trying to attach an arbitrary or a convenient or a negotiable aspect to healing, like God's got to be in a good mood, or how much bad things have I done, and does he, he's kind of like a kid, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't mess up with his parents and then go in the next hour and say, can I get the keys to the car. He, he waits till the wind blows over, till the storm is passed. But that's not the way the Lord is. The storm is already passed. Jesus bore the storm for us, and it's not negotiable. So when we ask about the law, we, we have to know what are the absolutes. What is it that God will give to man? How much will he give? Why will he give? When will he give it? How far will he go with us? Those are all things that we all deal with. Even if you know it's the law, we all are tempted, the devil, unrenewed mind, sin, the curse. We all have that influence pushing in on us to make us think wrong. We have to renew our minds to think right so that we never even go to those places. But until we get our mind renewed, we do go to those places. We, we do say, I, I, I don't want to ask him for healing now. 
because I've been bad to the bone. I, maybe you've been bad to the marrow of the bone. That's, that's all the way in. Uh, so in Mark chapter 9, let's, let's, let's explore, explore this. If it is the law so that we can have success in healing. Now I will tell you this. You're going to need healing in your body. It's like, not me, I'm going to live above it. You, you should. But most people are still perfecting that which is lacking in their faith. And you can, I don't want to say you can stumble, but you can miss something. And the pressure, it's like a submarine that goes down to 200 feet or something. There's pressure on the hull. There's pressure on our lives all the time to open a screen door in the submarine, as it were. And you go, well, that's just a little thing. It'll go to the bottom. Y'all know a screen door, a one-inch screen door will send a submarine to the bottom. And so it's not like, well, I'll just mess up a little and it'll be a little consequence. The devil's going to try to get all he can out of you. So uh, in chapter 9, verse 22, here we are. Uh, well, let's go up a little bit. Uh, let's go up to verse 18. Who's, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. Uh, a father's talking about his son, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they could cast him, that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer? And he, they brought unto him, him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming and he said unto his father how long it ago since this came unto him and he said of a child and oft times he has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him but if thou can do anything have compassion on us and help us if thou canst do anything if you, lord if you can do anything jesus if you can do if you can if 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 you have an ability if there's a gift in you if there's a mercy in you could you give it to us and the lord jesus said in verse 23 he said if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth well right there we see that there's things that are not out of our reach but that have not been in our grasp because we've not laid hold of them they're there for us just like a child of their parents has access to everything they have they will not withhold but sometimes you got to ask for it. You got to press in. So we see, and we can go through all of them, and we might. The Old Testament and the New Testament, everything has got one consensus that God is our healer. He's absolute. He's total. He's, he's, uh, he's totally committed. He is our healer. He's not basing it on anything we do or don't do, He thinks it's already done. He thinks Jesus took our sickness, our disease, our pain. He thinks that he took those to the cross for us and that those things, according to 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes ye were healed. He thinks we're already healed. So any kind of argument that we have, any kind of uh, request or, or uh, whining and begging and carrying on to get God to do something that he thinks is already done, it doesn't work because he's already done it and he he believes that so uh, sickness has never been on God's side God's never been on the side of withholding 
He likes us. He likes us a lot. And it's in his power to do it. Here we see there, the man said, if thou canst do anything. Well, that's the question everybody's asking God until they get their, perfected in their faith. We're asking God, what is it going to take to turn the trigger, to pull the trigger? What, what's it going to take to make you release mercy? And really all that is is a stalling mechanism on our part, denying that he's already done it. In other words, we're asking Jesus to do something for us that he hasn't already done. Why? Because we don't feel it. We don't, this, this thing's gnawing on me. This thing hurts. This thing has got side effects. I, I am sick, people would say. And they, they look to God and say, if you loved me, you'd heal me. And the Lord would say, I sent the love, my love to you. His name was Jesus. So the Lord sent mercy before we even needed mercy. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Before the world believed, he sent Jesus for the world. And before we were sick and you are tormented, he, he sent the answer. Now this, this is so simple, you'd go, please go on and give me something I can, that I don't know. But almost nobody knows this. Knowing it does not mean it's not a fact in your head. Knowing it means that it's faith in your heart. That you know that you know and that when sickness comes, you, we don't vacillate, we don't hesitate, we don't double mind. We like, I got this because he got that. But until we get that confidence, we have to renew our mind and say, it's already happened. By his stripes ye were healed. It's the law. And God's not a lawbreaker. It's the law. He said he would. He did. And now it's done. It's the law. Healing is the law. No one's ever given their heart to Jesus and said, I want to make you Lord of my life. That wasn't born again. There was a conversion there because it's the law. The Lord didn't look and... Check on your background, background check, and say, ah, you got some shaky stuff back there in 06. I, I did not know that was going on, but here, we, we may have to add a few more requirements to, to verify that you're really going to get saved. There's none of that. He did the, ver he did the background check, and we all failed. Yeah. <laughs> we all failed. It's like, it wasn't much, Lord. It was enough. It sunk your ship. You're at the bottom. But Jesus came and raised us up and resurrected us. So uh, the truth is, now here's the truth. Jesus is not motivated by anything we do or that we don't do. Now that's a big one. It's not big, but it seems big. Because people want to please someone in order to get what someone has that they need. But he's already given it to us. And there's nothing that you can do to make God happier with you. There's nothing. You can call it, you can call God a this and a that and say, you, 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 you. I just have you a tantrum. Just blame God. Just say, well, I, if you loved me, you'd heal me and I still hurt all over. None of that moves him. And to say, oh God, you're my sweetheart, you're my lover, you're my savior, I love you, I'll always serve you. It doesn't move him. 
It's a blessing for you and me, but it doesn't move him one way or the other. Because the blood of Jesus has already moved him. And he's been moved. And he is moved. The blood of Jesus is what moved the Lord for our behalf. And that's what caused compassion to come. And there's nothing that you have to offer that can add to that. We, we have no significance in our offering of good works or promises that we'll do better or that we won't do that anymore. The joke at our house is uh, when somebody says, who did this? And we say, I didn't do it and I won't do it again. <laughs> so, yay. The blood of Jesus sealed an immutable covenant compact with you and me. The blood of Jesus, it's a law, it cannot fail. It's a law, it cannot fail. The blood of Jesus has been given in our behalf. Now, if you don't know that, you don't believe that, if you're working on some sort of Muslim or Buddha or, or uh, uh, what else is out there that works on works, then you're serving a demon god. I said you're serving a demon god. Anything that requires you after the new birth to qualify is serving a demon god. Because we're qualified. Our sin may condemn us, and certainly it'll try, so that we don't ask or we don't receive. But heaven's good. When the background check came across the desk, they just stamped, accepted, qualified. He's in. She's got it. That's hard for us to get around. And you do have to renew your mind to truth because it's the law. We want to get healed. But you can't get healed. Like Jesus said, uh, if, the man said, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on me. And he said, well, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him who believe. So there's got to be someone in faith to transact the covenant promises, the blessings. Someone has to be in faith. Someone has to believe. Someone has to believe. Either you believe for somebody else with them, or you offer up your own faith and say, I, it happened, and I'm going to receive it. No matter how I feel, no matter how it looks, no matter how south this thing seems to be going, I've been going a long time south, and it doesn't seem like you care or that you want to know, but it's nothing I can do except to believe that'll change my situation. And believing is what we do. That's what we do. We got the God kind of faith when we got born again. It was, it was, a, it was a widget or an app or a, whatever it was back then. It got installed at the new birth. We may not have used it, may not have uh, ever activated it or whatever, but it was installed. It's in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I've guarded God everything I need to access heaven in totality. I'm not a novice, I'm not a baby, even though I do novicey things and baby things. He, he receives me as qualified by the blood, and I'm as good as anybody that's ever come across his throne and said, I need help. Amen. Any Old Testament guy that held up a staff and the Red Sea cleared or, or uh, uh, struck the rock and the water came out, Anybody that said, if, if, if it be thou bid me come and walked on the water, we are every bit in step with them. There's no Oral Roberts or Kenneth Hagin or, or Billy Graham that stands above you. The blood has made us all qualified. And if you're qualified, you're qualified. 
The only difference is if somebody says, I'm going to believe that I'm qualified, and they get the benefits of what they qualified for. Amen. In uh, Luke chapter 5, if you would go there. Healing is a law of the kingdom. Healing is a law of the kingdom. Healing is the law of the kingdom. It's not an add-on. You go to buy a car and you look on the left side and they'll say MSRP. And then you look on the right side and they'll say, we put air conditioner in this thing. It's going to cost you. We put tinted windows in this thing. You will pay more. We got dual exhaust here. You're not taking that thing home cheap. Options. You can get down the road with the left side, but if you want to go down looking good and feeling good, you got to go to the right side. But it's not that way with the Lord. We got it all. Woohoo. Yes, ma'am. Woohoo. Now, we know this. We, we hit it from every angle all the time. We're not, we're not straightening up anything this, this morning. But we are renewing our mind and refreshing our mind. Because we have, have just been through a worldwide pandemic of some nature and kind. It's real. It's out there. It's come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's come to mock God. It's come to mock God's people. It's come to bring fear. It's come to, to, to dissipate us, our resolve. It's caused people not to assemble themselves together. The Word never says, assemble yourselves together as the manner of some is, unless there's trouble. Well, that's when we need to assemble ourselves the most is when there's trouble. Because two, we need two to put 10,000 to flight. So this thing has come, and it's, it's, there's, a, there's a, uh, a cynicism in the church right now that says, doesn't say it, but it's, you can hear it saying, God can't protect his own. That it rained on the just and the unjust alike. That it, didn't, it took prisoners of the, the, the saint and the sinner. Everybody knows somebody that's been divorced or has been in the hospital with the COVID. That's just, that's just the way it is out there. And so it, is, it has come to assault and to defy and to mock the word of God. But healing is the law of the kingdom. It is the law of the kingdom. And no pandemic of any kind now, then, or in the future can change that law. Only believe. Only believe. If we can just stay steady. Now there's something contrary coming. Abraham heard the promise and 25 years later he still had no kid. But what made him powerful was that he stayed in. Now, God's not, God didn't require him to wait 25 years. He just couldn't get his faith around it till then, or, or specifically him and Sarah. You know, Sarah had to cooperate. <laughs> that biology thing was kicking in there. God didn't just have one appear in the rock. You know, here's your son. I just created him out of some willows and some sassafras bushes, you know. We, we had to have a biology thing going on there. It, 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 was, uh, it was in decency and order in the kingdom. So everybody had to line up. So as soon as everybody lined up and said, we believe, boom, it happened. Ishmael kind of caused them to have a detour. Y'all remember Ishmael. It wasn't Ishmael's fault, but uh, they, they, they said, we can do this 
in a way that we can understand it. And God said, well, the impossible, you can't understand it. You can just believe it. Amen? So, uh, in Luke chapter 5, we had not done that one yet, have we? Uh, 15, oh, here it is. Chapter 5, verse 15. Uh, let's look in verse 14. Tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and be healed by him of their infirmities. Look at that. It says, came together to hear and be healed. Now, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. It's stirred up. It's stimulated. It arises by he hearing and hearing by the word. And it says there that they came together to hear and be healed uh, by him of their infirmities. The, the word of there is a word that means separated. In other words, that thing's tagging along. That sickness, that pandemic, that pneumonia, that flu, whatever is going on out there, it's trying to ride in your life. And the Lord wants you separated from it. It's the unclean thing. It's the foul thing. It's the cursed thing. Sickness is all those things. Because we've been delivered from them. The same as sin. The same as poverty and lack. We've been delivered from poverty and lack. Now you can be poor and still be delivered from poverty and lack. And you can be sick and hurt, have pain, while being delivered from sickness and pain. What's the difference? Well, you've got to hear and be healed. You got to believe. Well, how hard is that? Well, I'm a believer. I, I've got faith 101 inside of me. I took the course at the new birth. Now I went on to 201 and 301. I'm going to graduate here, but never from learning the truth because the curse is working on you every day. Your body is reporting in saying, We don't feel good. We don't have enough money. It looks bad. Everybody says it is bad. Everybody says it's going to be worse. And so there's a wear and tear on us all in our soul every day. You, you have to regenerate just to keep up. It's not like it's a static level. There's things in your body, in this body, and in our soul that we input. Walk by faith and not by senses. Because senses will input and degradate your faith if it's gone unchecked. So it's not like, well, I learned that back in 68, and there's nothing more to be said. Yeah, there's been a degradation. There's been a, 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 a depreciation of what we know. So we have to keep putting it in, don't we? We have to renew our minds. We have to keep refreshing ourselves on the promises because pain has a voice. Pain has a voice. And it hollers loud, and it's, it, it, uh, it's come against the Word. It's come to, to take the Word that was sown in their hearts. And so we have to keep refreshing just to stay even. And if you ever want to get ahead, you've got to meditate these things day and night. If you want to get ahead of something. And that's why I say, I don't know if you can hook on it, but 
that once a disease or a pain or a symptom or an accident or a pandemic comes to the one that's not refreshed in the word, it's hard to get ahead of it. Because symptoms and the doctor's diagnosis and all the, the things that you can see and feel have such a loud voice that they are shouting down the word of God that says, by his stripes I was healed. They're shouting down that and say, that's, if that's so, then why is this and how do you feel that? So we, we have to get ahead of it before. You have to buy insurance before the tree falls down. <laughs> if you say, I want to get the big policy. I had an accident yesterday and I'd like to cover, I'd like for you to cover that. They look you up and say, ah, you don't have no policy here, but I want one. Well, you have to do it in advance, don't you? Well, it's the same thing in the Word of God. It's the same thing with exercise. You know, if, you have to, if I had to run two miles, I'd just say, sweet Jesus, I'm beaming up. <laughs> I can run and not be weary, but not for very far. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm just kidding there, but uh, I mean, I'm not kidding there, but but, you know, we we have to get ahead of it. And that's why the Bible says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's why that Paul said, I can't wait to see your face that I may impart. What did he say? That I may perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Excuse me. I may perfect that which is lacking. Well, there's, there's little holes in all of us. The way you were raised, the way you, the, you went to early church, if you went at all, or whatever, that got you off not only just neutral, but got you off into the wrong doctrine. The day of miracles is past. The day of healing is over. God doesn't do that except in special cases because they have to say certain miracles happen to people they can't explain, so they just say, well, that's a special case. But just for you to stand up and say, by his stripes I was healed, therefore, you just can't do that. You just can't take the therefore there. But we can, and we do. So people say, why didn't God heal my baby? He said there that uh, they came to hear and be healed. Somebody's got to offer up some faith. Why, why, why did my husband get killed here, and why did my... Whatever. Lots of, lots of young men go to war, young men and women, go to Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan or Korean War, and they don't come back, or they come back wrong, because they've seen so much, it overloads them. Uh, if you send your son to war, your daughter to war, you better not let them out of your sight until you've put some things in them that can handle that. You send them into, uh, like Jonathan goes into Africa, and they made him take the, was it the yellow fever? And the malaria, and you know, because you need to be vaccinated when you go in those places, according to them. Why? Because there's going to be pressure against your life, and you've got to be ready for it. No man goes to war that he doesn't first go out and count the cost and see if he has enough to go. And so we, right now, we've got to count the cost. We've already had this one pandemic, 
And you go, well, we're about to get out of that. We'll be free and clear. <laughs> you will, but they won't. It's crazy from now on, y'all. It's going to be crazy from now on. But we're not in the world. We're, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. So we're going to live above all of it. Amen. Uh, let's see. What, what else is there here? That's, I wrote this down, that Jesus ministered to 19 sick people, different sick people in the New Testament. 19. There's different recordings, and the Gospels duplicate those and, and uh, tell them over. But there's 19 different people in total that he ministered to. And the record shows that not one single person that came to Jesus and asked to be healed failed to be healed. Not one. Not, one, not a single one. So that thing about God heals some and not everybody, it's, it's not true. He healed everybody that came to him. He healed everybody that came to him. He healed everybody that came to him. So that tells us that some of the ways they got healed, part of the equation was the pursuit. So I'm, I'm talking about the price for healing. And part of the price of healing, based on this record, is pursuit. It's not just one and done. It's not just like, well, I went up and it didn't happen, therefore. There's nothing to be therefore about. I went up and got prayer for healing. Period. That's the end of it. You may go up again for another reason. Get, and and, and, and uh, get in the anointing and get in the faith that's there. Probably more than anything, even more than tongues, people have more controversy with healing than anything that Christians present. The only thing is, is now it's getting less and less controversial because they've pretty much settled it in denominational churches. They've just like, well, that's, that passed away. I remember being in the Baptist church that uh, we got the Holy Ghost outside of the Baptist church, but we were still in it. And we found that old Mark 16 business where they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We found that in the Bible. It, it was never there before. It got added that, 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 that week. It got added. It's like, look, this new fresh ink on a new page. So we went to the pastor and said, what is this? Why aren't we doing this? And he told us, because it's just matter of fact. It's just, it's just established. The world is flat or the world is round. It's just it is one or the other. And he said, well, that Mark 16, those last verses there, they're not in one or two or 16 different original manuscripts. They're not in the Bible. But the only thing is that really messed him up was that uh, go ye into all the world business is in there. And so they kind of had to throw out the good with the bad. It just, it's just a mess because people are not settled on what the Word says. And the way you can develop your, your which way it is is whether good, God is good or not good. If he's good all the time, then healing is all the time because healing's always good. Now, we did hear at a funeral not too long ago that, uh, that, uh, that God's good is not necessarily man's good. That sometimes he takes people and kills them and takes them to heaven because he has reasons we couldn't understand or know. 
in our limited little human thinking that he says it's good. This is good. But all of us down here think that's not good. We need him. We want her. We this is a baby. This is a wife. This is everybody. Nobody has to say I was good and therefore I could stay. We all should stay. But healing is not arbitrary. It's not controversial. It's the law. And if you want to vote, they'll look at your driver's license or some sort of identification and they'll say, are you 18? And you say, I am, but you look like you're 16. And so they'll say, prove it. Uh, if you go to a bar or a restaurant or something, now they'll have a sign up there that says, if you're not so old, is it 21? Y'all say, I don't know. How would I know? That's what y'all are supposed to say. I don't know. But there's an age there, and it's the law. And if they serve someone that's not that old, they're breaking the law, and they can come get them. Well, the same thing about healing. It's the law. So if it's not working for you right now, if you're having a controversy or a hesitation, if you're having a cynical thought that says, well, if God was this, and, and God would do that, some example or something that you heard, just lay it aside and say it's the law. Healing is the law. I like this in 3 John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health. Prosper. He said, above all things, I wish. The word is pray. I pray that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So there's a, there's a caveat there. There's a, there's a uh, degree that says, as you prosper in your soul and put aside the naysayers, put aside the critics, put aside the, the cynicism, you can be healed and you can prosper all in the same. Look in Luke chapter 5. You're, you're right there. Just look, Let's look in verse uh, 17. We looked at 15, but let's go down to 17. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And look, let's say this together. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Again, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So that took the bingo out of it. In 17, G3. Well, I didn't have G3. I must be going to have to be sick. No, no bingo here. He said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. To heal them all, which means there was people there that needed healing. Is that right? And behold, men brought in a bed, which was taken with a palsy. Excuse me, a man, which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Say pursuit. pursuit. Let's say it better. Pursuit. It says that they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Let's see, I, I looked that up. Uh, they sought means. And when, verse 19, And when they could not find by what way they should bring him in because of the multitude, they went up upon the housetop, that would be the roof, and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, there had to be, at least two, probably four, whatever. He saith unto thee, him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. He saw their faith and said, 
your sins are forgiven. And uh, then, then it goes on and the Pharisees got wound up. Uh, the ta today's English version, the TEV, says they could find no way to take him in. So they could find no way to take him in, period. So. In other words, we knocked at that door. Nobody was home. So we went to the next place and knocked on that door. They didn't say, must not be God's will or we could have got in. They'd have cleared the path. They'd been already. They'd have called ahead and said, it's us. The passion. Y'all know we had to have that. Let's just, let's take out the details. Let's take out all the, the noise that's in this particular example and just put it where we could be with whatever you're facing. So the passion says they attempted to bring him in. They attempted to bring him in, but because, whatever you'd want to put there, whatever your situation is, but because, I attempted to get healed, but because, and then it goes on, the passion says, they had no way to bring him inside. It was impossible. It wasn't going to happen. It was over. Good try. Good try, guys. Got here too late. You didn't get a reservation. You didn't call ahead. You didn't get Jesus, you know, and say, hey, this is Jack. You know Jack from the, the Bethsaida crusade, and he's, he's here. No, nope, they didn't get any favor. But the Bible in the Passion says, so they, so they, so they. Let me read it again. They attempted to bring him in, but because they had no way to bring him inside, so they. Now, you can plug your situation in there right there. Uh, you read the, whole, read the whole verse and you can say this example, but you got to plug you in here. I got to plug me in here. I attempted to get healed, but there was an obstacle. There was a, a, a pushback. But it's the law. Healing is the law. So if it's not in this place, if it's not this way, if it's not in this instance, just give up and go to the house and cry about God doesn't want to heal. He doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't like me, and I just have you a pity party. You ever heard those people with their pity parties about why they're sick? Instead of just owning it and saying, I just hadn't, I just hadn't pursued. Now, I'm going to tell you right there, that is the key right there. I just haven't pursued. Because these four men pursued. They attempted to bring him in, but because there was a crowd... They had no way to bring him inside. They had no way to bring him inside. So they. So there's you and me right there. So I. There was no way to get healed in this present position, this circumstance, with these people, this, this logistic, this environment. So I went another way. I was in pursuit. Went to this man and he prayed for me and nothing happened. So I just loaded up my wagon and went to somebody else or went home and said, I, this is already settled. Y'all help me if you can. Because if we go in the story, it says, uh, verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go to thine house. Mark Hankins says, everybody needs four crazy friends. In their life. Talking about the four that took him up on the roof. 
You need four crazy friends that just says, ah, we got this. Ah, it's the law. Ah, first door was that, that, that. I didn't like the person that was holding the door anyway. Let's go around and go up the back. You just got to have four crazy friends or one, maybe just have one, but you got to have somebody that when the tough, when, when the going gets tough, you got somebody that's not hurting, that's not on the couch, that's not on the, the litter that says, ah, we got this. Let's just tie him to the bed and haul him up. Feet first. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Healing doesn't come when, just because we need it. It's the law. Well, God, you know I hadn't asked for nothing in so long. And now, Lord, I'm at the end of it. I've tried all this, and I've done all that, and I've waited, and the doctors say this. And uh, I need it now. Lord, I've tried everything, trying not to bother you. But now I, I'm at the end of it, and I need you. That's not how it works. And if you go there, you deny access. You're, you're knocking at the woodpile instead of the front door. Lord, I need it. He doesn't give us anything based on our need. We need it all. Nothing changes, so then all of a sudden, I need it. I didn't need it, but now I need it. That's never uh, 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 an argument. We need everything. And we qualify on our own selves for nothing. I don't qualify for anything. Anybody in here got your righteousness that's as filthy rags that you qualify? Mine's not as filthy as old Joe's over there. <laughs> no, we need everything. So he doesn't base anything on, well, you got more need than this guy over here. Listen, if God was basing his mercy on need, he wouldn't be in America. There's places that are very needy. Almost every place is needy. The only reason he's in America is because America has a heritage of calling on God and setting up the kingdom of heaven on earth. And, of course, we're moving away from that, as you can see. And it's, so it's been tougher as that anointing and that presence and that residue as, as we take it out of America, take prayer out, kill our babies, uh, all the stuff that's, that's horrendous. There's, God's not mad at us, but he can't reside or he can't bless where there's no place or no environment for him to be. And we're moving God out of America, and we're having to tough it out. It's not because Americans are, are, are better or gooder or deserve more and everything. It's what our founding fathers did and what we continue to do. We are the most benevolent and charitable nation on earth, and it pays. Whatsoever man soweth, whatever a nation soweth. Well, amen. I got I to get going here. Uh, let's see. Would you turn to Romans 6, and then I will quit right here. It's the law. You have to quit by 12. <laughs> it's the law. Romans chapter 6. We want the Lord to perfect that which is lacking in our faith. I want to have a handle on healing. You go, well, I feel pretty good. I don't need a handle. Yes, you do. Because it's in the earth. It's the curse of sickness, the curse of disease, the curse of infirmity, the curse of pain. It is a curse. And the devil uses you to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And some people, he just takes them out. He just has them get up on a bridge and jump. But a lot of people, there's mental disorders where he just, depression, he just pounds them because of their situation. Some people, he brings them to sickness. Just wherever the door is cracked a little bit. And this pandemic has shown us a lot of things that were, the door was cracked. We thought it was shut. I told you I was for years. I thought I was in faith. I was just young. I wasn't in faith, because as soon as I quit being young, my faith quit working, so to speak. And that's not true. In Romans chapter 6, we've got to get going here, 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members, that's your body parts, as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of, obe this, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Now, can we, can, can you follow along with me? We, we won't, for, for time, let's take the word sin out of these five or six verses and let's put the word sickness in. Did you know that, would we be doing any disservice to say sickness in the place of sin? Would we do any service if we said poverty in the place of sin? It's all part of the curse. It's threefold, sin, sickness, and lack. So, verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sickness. Well, now that's a little personal. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sickness shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. It's a law. What then? Shall we have sickness, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether sickness unto death, or of obedience unto, unto righteousness? But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sickness, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which is delivered unto you. Being then made free from sickness, ye became the servants of righteousness. That helps. That helps. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to get God to do anything. Jesus already did. He already said, God, I'll do it for them. And he did a good job. Let, let it be told, he said it was finished. So we do a great service to our faith when we say there's something that he needs to do. God, I need you to come and heal me. Technically, you could say, well, the same thing in Romans chapter uh, uh, 10 where it says, faith cometh by hearing. 
technically, that, that is what it says. But actually, faith doesn't come by hearing. Faith came by hearing, but faith is stirred up by hearing. It arises. It is activated. Well, the same thing that we could say about sickness or healing. God send healing. He already sent healing. It's a past tense. By his stripes ye were healed. So we got to get we got to get present tense. We got to like I'm full of the life of God. I am born again. That's why I'm full of the life of God. Not cuz I didn't do didn't do naughty things or didn't think wrong, but I'm filled with the knowledge of him. I'm filled with the life of God. Therefore, I am connected to him. I come into his presence at will. Not when he says, okay, everybody that's just sort of dirty with sin, y'all come in and you, like it boarding an airplane. B, stay back there until all the A's get loaded. No, there's no A's and B's. We all go in by the blood of Jesus into the presence of God. And we all receive redemption, which includes healing for our bodies. So it's all in our thinking. It's called pursuit. If you don't get it this way at this time, something's blocking it. There's people at the door. So we just go around back and find the ladder and go up on the roof. There's always a way to win and there's always a path forward. Uh, it says there back when we were looking in Luke, uh, when he saw their faith, he said unto the man, he saw their faith, he said unto the man, thy sins be forgiven. Faith is a demonstration. We're not trying to demonstrate to people, y'all look over here, see, I'm in faith. But faith is a demonstration. If you look at somebody, we can tell if you're in faith. We can listen just for a few minutes to see. Because faith has a confession. Faith has a voice. Faith doesn't say, I'm a hoping and a praying that God will do something for me. Oh, we, we, just, we said we loved you, but we, we, you're not in faith. Is that right? The Bible never says to pray for the sick. It says heal the sick. Sickness shall not have dominion over you. Sickness shall not have dominion over me. Sickness shall not have dominion over me. Come on, help me. Sickness shall not have dominion over me. Again. Sickness shall not have dominion over me. So it includes your whole family, your, your spouse, your, your children. Sickness shall not have dominion over us. It's not what we've done, it's who we are. And based on who we are, we can determine what's done. Sickness shall not have dominion over River Church. Now that's what we said. Back when this COVID thing came, they were shutting down churches. They were saying, in Canada the other day, a pastor had an outdoor in the parking lot six to 18 feet apart, and they came and arrested him and took him to jail because he was having an illegal meeting. I'm telling you, the, you don't think the devil's behind all this? Why would we want to arrest anybody that's preaching good and helping people and because they're outside. I love these stadiums with, with 105,000 people with no masks. I mean, it's like, I don't know if everybody in Alabama is righteous, but 
I don't know if they, any of them got sick, but I like them up there just sticking their fist in the devil's face. Well, or LSU, whatever, whatever happens, whatever it looks like at that particular moment. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, LSU. But you shouldn't have been naughty before you came to town. Amen. Well, we get the point. I'm in pursuit. The only reason you and I are putting up with anything is our pursuit. And you might argue with me and say, I'm in pursuit, I'm doing this, I'm reading that. Uh, you can't argue with the word. You can, you, there's no yeah, but. Well, there was a lot of people at the door, so we couldn't get in. Therefore, we just went to the house. There's just none. You just got to go around to the back of the house or you got to catch him after the meeting coming out. You, there is a way. I have failed many times to, to stay in the hunt. And it's cost me every time. I've, had, I've succumbed. I've yielded. I've, you know, I'm 68, so I've had opportunity to, to have things that I could have stood for that I did not. And it's just because I wasn't ready. But I'm ready now. Let's all get ready. Let's let him perfect that which is lacking in our faith. Amen. By stripes, I was healed. I'm sorry, LSU. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I take it back. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you need healing in your body, you just got to get into pursuit. And once you get into pursuit, then the Lord will show you what to do. The Lord will show you what to do. It's not just like he knows where I am. If he wants to heal me, he knows where I am. That's not how it works. He wants to heal you, but he wants you to get where healing is. So just ask him, Lord, I, I believe I receive. What do, what's the next step? Do you want me just to be on my own and, or get the elders to pray for me? Or do you want me to have someone lay hands on me? Do you want me to, what, do you, what is the path for me? And he'll show you. But if you have that old thing that says, well, he knows where I am. And if he wants to heal me, he, he, he knows. That is total defiance and unbelief. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Lift our hands before our healer this morning. Lord Jesus, you're our wonderful, wonderful Savior and our so excellent healer. And it's never failed. Healing has never failed when we got in pursuit. So we thank you, Lord, for a new day starting right now. A new day of living above sickness, that sickness shall not have dominion over me. And today we, we, we are obstructionists for the pandemic, for, for sickness. We don't give any vax any credit. We don't give any social distancing or we don't give any mask any credit. By his stripes, I was healed. And so, Lord, we, we're going to follow this and follow that, but we know it's Jesus is Lord over my body. And we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Hallelujah. Does anybody say, I, I, I want you to agree with me in healing this morning? That's you, Pamela? Okay, anybody else? Well, it's just, we're not even going to touch you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing.